0: This week
1: on the I Love Funny Women podcast.
0: And yet every time we're like you're on stage or like for us or in our office, there's a vulnerability. Like, what if we're off? What if we, you know, don't hit our mark? All of what you do is about is relational, right? Mm-hmm. Like You're feeding off the audience and back and forth and you're reading them. Um, and now it is like you don't have that. And I think that'd be very hard to keep up.
1: Welcome to the I Love Funny Women podcast with your host, Dina Nina.
2: Welcome to this episode of the I Love Funny Women podcast. I'm your host, Dina Nina. Happy Mother's Day. And speaking of which, a huge thank you goes out to one of our favorite funny mothers, Lalita D, for stepping in last week. It was my birthday week and we went to Saugatuck, Michigan. And oh, it's so cute and it's so queer. So if you get a chance, you should go there. It's so cute. I love it so much. So as you know, we've been asking for videos and comments. And the winner of our Funny Mother's gift bag is Joanna Miller from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Congratulations, Joanna. We would love to hear from you. Post a video on Instagram. Tag at I Love Funny Women with the hashtag HeyDina. And you could be on the podcast or even on our YouTube and if you could give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we'd be ever so grateful. Your review helps our visibility on the platform, and we want everyone to hear these funny women. This is Door Girl Greg, and you're listening to the I Love Funny Women podcast. And if you looked at me right now, I'd be twirling around like a fucking fairy. So now let's get into the news. News. The Obamas took to social media this weekend to announce the parting of the former first dog, Bo. The post from the official account had the cutest picture of Bo and President Obama running through the halls of the White House saying, Today our family lost a true friend and loyal companion. For more than a decade, Bo was a constant gentle presence in our lives, happy to see us on our good days, our bad days, and every day in between. Rest in peace, Bo, and our condolences go out to the entire Obama family and everyone whose lives have been touched by the glorious canine. As the U.S. begins withdrawal from Afghanistan, the fears of instability and a resurgence of the Taliban grow. The concerns are well-founded as this weekend, an explosion outside of a girls' school in Kabul killed at least 30 people, many of whom were students from the ages of 11 to 15. The school was in a Shiite Muslim neighborhood that has been constantly targeted by the Afghan Islamic State. Last Friday, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates launched their America First tour. The two polarizing figures have been embroiled in controversy following accusations that Gates took part in sex trafficking and having sex with a minor, which he vehemently denies, and Greene's QAnon conspiracies that have taken the GOP by storm. Their first stop was the Villages, an age-restricted community, <clears throat> old folks home, in Florida. Where they played their hits for the elderly assembly, like this one from Marjorie Taylor Green.
3: Tell me who is your president? <laughs> who, who, who is your president? That's my president too. Okay. That's my president too. Okay. That's my
4: president too.
2: Okay. Oh, and no tour would be complete without this little ditty from Matt Gates. Their tune has made the Billboard Top 100, but they're very popular with the over-70s crowd and the anti-vaxxers. Mother's Day was yesterday, and we're feeling very grateful for those mothers who love and support their children, even when they don't live up to parental expectations. Today, we're talking to Edith from Elk Grove, Wisconsin. Hi, Edith. Happy Mother's Day.
3: Happy Mother's Day to you, Dina.
2: Thank you. My daughter is a nine-pound mini rat terrier, but she destroyed my body, so I get this one.
3: Oh, yeah. Yes, you do, Dina. So, Edith,
2: you're the parent of two children, a trans daughter, and a son who just joined the Proud Boys. How have you been dealing with your disappointment?
3: Honestly, Dina, lots of nachos and tons of booze.
2: Absolutely acceptable.
3: I'm really just disappointed with Kennison. You know, we thought he was gonna be the bright one, but Maddie is the one who's got her shit together. Like, I know you're supposed to love both your kids equally, but come on.
2: Mm, I hear you. How do you love Kennison differently than Maddie?
3: Well, Kennison, I have to parent with tequila, whereas Maddie, I just take her shopping. She's going to be a beauty influencer. Kennison is gonna be Will in prison
2: (laughs) sounds like you have your hands full
3: oh they're just tic tacs they're totally not xanax (laughs) i swear
2: oh uh, no judgment
3: maddie sweetie can you grab mommy's go-go juice
2: and by go-go juice you mean
3: tequila dina xanax and tequila
2: and cheers to you and all of the mothers who parent with tequila and xanax now it's time to see what the stars have to say about your sex life with our resident astrologist Renee Haydn.
1: The new moon in Taurus brings a bit of ease to the celestial entanglements we've been experiencing. The erogenous spots you never knew you had are beckoning for some attention, and you could be in store for a well-needed 4G. I'm your resident astrologist Renee Haydn, and moon over for another Sex with the Stars. It's been an intense time for all of us, but the new moon in Taurus helps ease that. This movement brings in new beginnings, so there's something beautiful in store for all of us. It's a time of dedication to self and partner. Dedicate yourself to pleasure. Release those pent up tensions and pressures from the recent celestial entanglements because Taurus asks you to set some sweet intentions for new love, new adventures, and new sex explorations. Ooh, look what I just found. Examine your inner parts and ask yourself where can you heal? What must you discover? And for help to prepare for what's coming. Behold, methinks the lady cometh. The femme Taurus is always alluring, sexy, and sensual. Oozing that sweet gooey honey of love. Mm, take a taste. Mm, delicious. If your choice is to be alone, or even if it's not, there are all sorts of adventures you can get into. It could be a time to discover a new tool or toy to aid in the mythical search for that G spot the lowercase g that micro g spot you know the spot you never knew you had that makes your toes curl your eyes bulge and make you scream with cosmic joy you are a sexual engineer this month so every angle gets you and your partner the most pleasure no here here yes Get creative with your body. Micro adjustments can really pack a punch for you. And if you have a partner, them as well. Hell, don't be afraid to be human origami. Mercury and Gemini trines with Saturn in Aquarius on the 12th. This is a playful time to meet people. The dedication we talked about earlier carries through and can be helpful for expanding our friend groups. Can we say 4 4G! 4G. As we make this dedication to the new moon in Taurus, the universe is assisting us on the other side by bringing in the opportunity to meet new people. The playfulness of Gemini working side by side with you and Saturn to expand friendships. This could be a good time to meet someone you can trust, with whom you can feel safe, and with whom you could playfully heal. Heck, you heal. Both Neptune and Jupiter enter Pisces, so this is going to be a glorious time as we move from resistance to ease. You may find this time to be dreamy, sensual, easy, just like me.
0: Hashtag me too, honey.
1: Be aware to maintain a positive attitude and open-mindedness because fantasy blends with reality and will bring you to the point of soul If you've been looking for a soulmate, trying to resolve twin flame conflicts or wanting to merge on a soul level, now is the time. So when's the deadline? Everything is sensual and meaningful. You may just find the meaning of life and the sacred geometry between the nipple and the navel while simply being held. I'm a cuddly bear. Let me be clear. There is an entire universe when we engage our stars in the simplest of things. I'm Renee Hayden, and this has been another Soulgasmic Sex with the Stars. Back to you, Dita.
2: Thank you, Renee. You can find Renee on Instagram at Renee Hayden Soul Therapy. Hey,
3: all you funny women. It's Door Girl Greg, and I'm here to say thank you for listening to the I Love Funny Women podcast. And if you haven't yet, go over to the socials. Go to Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or even YouTube and check out at I Love Funny Women.
2: Do it now. Do it. Do it and I'm going to pour sparkles all over you. So this week, we have a friend of mine, and we are talking about mental health, especially all of the mothers out there who are continuing to try to be funny women and manage through a pandemic, through parenting, and through just trying to get through this crazy thing we call life. So please welcome to the show, Lisa Baker. How are you today?
0: I'm doing well. I do think the sun helps, and the warm weather and spring, um... Just being outside.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so, it's so nice. So
0: yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, happy belated Mother's Day.
0: Thank you. Yeah, it's been quite a year for uh, for mothers mm. and and aunties and grandmothers and any caregivers.
2: <laughs> uh, for sure. Yeah. And I'm just a dog mom, so.
0: <laughs> dog mom is important. Those <laughs> little critters need us.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So Lisa, I. Uh, First of all, I'm just really excited to get uh, to talk to you because it's been so long. Um, but second of all, you, I wanted to talk to you about comedy and our mental health. I know that the studies say that laughter is incredibly helpful physically, but also for our mental health. Um, and as comics, we use humor in so many different ways. One is a coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. You know, one as um, a way to deflect. Um, Another way is just to embrace who we are. Mm -hmm. So as someone who struggles with mental health constantly, Mm -hmm. um, I just thought it was really important to have this conversation about mental health. And in a more serious note, Mm -hmm. because the vast majority of people Um, that I come in contact with are comedians and we all use humor in different ways. So, yeah, I guess I just wanted to delve into that. And this year, year and a half have have been. uh,
4: Yeah. Yeah.
0: The other pandemic, mental health. I mean, we're another frontline group who've been um, working a ton with, um, A lot more mental health and mental illness. Um, You know, we've seen a lot more depression. I mean, maybe even you know, it's always an underestimate, but 40% of our population are reporting depression, anxiety. I would say it's an underestimate. Yeah. So it's it's Mm. it's been a major um, issue in our society um, that is not talked about enough or normalized and sort of validated enough, and even more so now. So.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so as a comedian and someone who um, loves to make people laugh because I believe it's so healing, it's been difficult for us, but it's also been a challenge to continue um, making people laugh because that's what we do. And that's where we get our validation.
0: Yes. So you're like a, you're, on a, you're another like healing professional. I mean, it really is the case. I mean, mm-hmm. I've talked a lot to my own colleagues about that in our profession. How do we keep up um, the energy to really hold space for people and give the attention that's needed? Similarly, how do you keep up, um, you know, all the work you do to make people laugh and, and give them that relief and release? And, um, you know, it's got to come from somewhere. We need to have some well of energy. To mm-hmm. offer that, and we're not endless energy.
4: Um, we're not.
0: We're not. I wish we were, but I mean, a lot of us have hit a wall. There's a lot high okay. burnout, and I am interested. I do a lot of work with burnout and healthcare professionals and other fields. And have we really looked at burnout in in, in comedians? Mm. You
2: know? Well, burnout. well, you and I can talk about burnout. Uh, I'm. I'm hella burnout <laughs> mm-hmm. I
4: could imagine <laughs>
2: right now, and I'm surprised that I'm even able to function. Mm-hmm. You know it's been hard, and I can't imagine that there's not a single person out there right now, um except for maybe Jeff Bezos who um mm-hmm. who hasn't thought about dying or wanted to to just kind of sink into their their bed sheets and never come mm-hmm. out.
0: So you're really speaking to, I think something that's very hard to articulate and you did it so well and and with courage, I mean, it's this deep exhaustion, like core, it's emotional exhaustion that is in the body in such a deep way that it can feel impossible to even imagine getting up and moving. So that feeling of, can I just be really just horizontal? Yeah. And not yeah. have to move and not have to do any more output. Mm-hmm. And, right. And so yeah, it, it can get really
2: difficult. And we see that um and we see that during this time people either become hyper functional or not hyper functional, hyper performing perform performance oriented, mm-hmm. or um just losing the will.
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: And I think I vacillate between the two, like trying to be hyper performing um, because I want to keep my business alive and I want to be able to pay my rent. And so I go into this overdrive and then on top of already trying, like, you know, me, I'm always doing, Yes, um,
0: you can crash. I mean, mm -hmm. you're not, I mean, we see a lot of that sort of up and then crash. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we're really, a lot of the work has been, how do we help people regulate and yet there are real pressures, right? Like we can help people regulate in a way to, to pace.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yet if there's real pressures to, you know, earn money, right? The financial pressures, um, we, we really have to acknowledge that. And that's where we really needed more support from our community um, to so people can pace themselves and not crash and burn
4: mm-hmm. uh,
0: physically and mentally.
2: So as people who like, so I feel like comedians are just, um, broken (laughs) and, and we definitely have this need to, uh, that validation for us is super important. Like it's the thing that keeps me going. It's, and then when I face, like we talk about bombing and I will walk off stage sometimes and think, why the fuck do I do this? What is this? You know, why do I keep doing this? And um, the only thing I can come, come back with is that, one, I love it. I love making people laugh. Two, I love the challenge of writing jokes. And three, what else am I going to do? <laughs>
4: yeah, I
0: get that. And yet every time we're, like, you're on stage or, like, for us, or in our office, you know, in these more intimate spaces, there's a vulnerability. Like, what if we're off? What if we... You know, don't hit our mark or, you know, um, and we either, you know, have a bad Mm -hmm. performance and we get a bad review or we in our case, like a client who stomps away and we're like, why are we doing this? Right. Like, Mm -hmm. well, I guess part of the question is, how do you balance also like some or have some grace for yourself to say it's okay to bomb? I mean, is there Mm -hmm. some room for that? It's hard when you have a big group of people and your your finances depend on it, I imagine. Yeah. Uh,
2: I will say that part of it is that I know that I learn a lot from bombing, like I learn what didn't work, but also I just have off nights. And so there are times when I'm just like, okay, well, that wasn't great. Uh, and I know these are the things that I could have done or the audience wasn't responding or whatever. But then I have a string of shows that are just phenomenal. And I'm like, I'm a goddess, you know, like, I'm like, nothing can harm me.
4: Yeah.
2: Um. So there's that, but now we're in this space where ev- almost every time you get online to do a virtual show, there is not that feedback. And so we've, we've had to, like, so it all either feels like I'm bombing constantly, or like I'm just talking into an echo chamber, you know?
0: Yes, that is tough. I mean, really tough. And I appreciate you naming that. Um, because all of what you do is about is relational, right? Mm-hmm. Like You're feeding mm-hmm. off the audience and back and forth, and you're reading them. Um, and now it is like, you don't have that. And I think that'd be very hard to keep up Um, Mm -hmm. very hard. I mean, I I teach mindfulness and I do some other um, group work. And when those screens are off and there's no video and no sound, I'm like, I'm just,
2: am I doing a good job? Are you responding?
0: How to think, (laughs) and and you really realize how important the nonverbals are, the, just the bodies, like being in a space with people are, so much about our craft yeah yeah so it's amazing that you know the agility and that you were able to move to this medium and still do the work and it has got to be so much more exhausting (laughs) i mean i feel that with like doing teletherapy like i'm like what you know, trying to read people like what so much I realize is the body language and just sensing each other in a space. and um, yeah, it's really
2: and there is something about that close, energetic relationship that we that we never pinpoint. Yeah. like there's something about being physically present in a space with somebody, whether it's nonverbal or not, there is a communication that is not externally visible mm-hmm. when you're in close proximity.
0: Absolutely. Oh, I feel that. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm thinking back to being in some live being in the audience in live comedy shows. And so much of my whole being is, um, is moved in a way that is different than watching it on, you know, a two dimensional a flat screen and not, and not them seeing me and back and forth. So yeah, Yeah. that's that's huge.
2: So as I've just kind of described who we are as a group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, what are things that you would suggest not only for, for comics, but anyone that uses humor to, I, I, I talk about like using humor as a coping mechanism. I've talked about my uh, experiences as a trans person, as a person of size, as, as um, you know, all those things, my relationship dynamics with my family we use a lot of our stories to kind of feel better about what we've gone through, but also to have this common, um, common ground with an audience Yeah. as, as people who do this professionally, semi-professionally, amateurishly, <laughs> um, what are some things that you would suggest to, especially for those of us, like there is no uh, comedy, um, Union, I I don't get comedy insurance. You know, I'm not on the, I'm not on the comedy insurance plan. For a lot of us, we don't have the resources to actually call somebody and have telehealth. You know, we don't we don't have the resources to go into a therapy office. So, what are ways that we can function and have our mental health as a priority when we're not able to? medically prioritize it if that makes sense yes,
0: absolutely and i first i want to just acknowledge what an oversight in our society and and a major hole that there isn't more support um and access to mental health care for um comedians and in the world that you're working in um because i do think it would be really helpful and needed just mm-hmm. like in other parts of society and and you are healers like i think of our work like there's healing work we use ourselves, we, you know, we, which means that there needs to be some level of being in touch with our inner world in order to use ourselves in a way that feels um, that we continue to be in the healings, um, doing healing work. So that is really painful to to hear and, and, and know. And I hope, yeah, we should talk more about that. <laughs> there needs to be some changes there. In yeah. Saying that, I do think you know if I don't know if there's some like support groups. I mean, I'm sure you all support each other in all sorts of different ways. But really, like being intentional about holding space for like, okay, when can we drop some of the comedy, knowing that this is so, comes so naturally, mm-hmm. right? especially when we're with each other. And you can let me know maybe this is something you're already doing. Um, but I mean, it probably is something you've experienced. But really, holding space to like. Like, how are we really doing, right? Like, how are each of us doing and, and talking with each other? I think, group, you know, peer support can be really powerful. Um, mm-hmm. That said, it can, you know, depending on the peers and if, we, if the relationships aren't very solid, it can, it can backfire. Yeah. So I would just really um, encourage people to tend to their relationships with their fellow comedians and maybe outside of the world if it feels too close, like there they need to talk to other people who they trust, but being able to just also have some space to cry. If mm-hmm. you know things come up and we need to release um, some of the real pain in the, you know, in our experiences.
4: Um,
2: I've absolutely done a lot of crying this year. <laughs>
0: I was like, just let it out. Um, you know, I also think, I mean, some other things that have helped me during a time where, it's been a lot of demand on my attention and my work and my world, which I both love. So I'm gonna like give it my all, but I can also, um, like we talked about earlier, we can crash if I'm not careful. So I would really look at like how, um, you know, how are you taking care of yourselves? Is there some, you know, what is the norm around, um, you know, sleep? Like are people staying up really late and, you know, not getting, good sleep um these are things that can really affect our energy and mental health right and so you know like just and i've worked with a lot of industries too where there's not priority on that kind of self-care right like on daily like are we sleeping enough are we doing too many shows or are we doing are we producing too much and just checking on each other around that
2: um I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Right? Like the bloodline. Right.
2: (laughs) I also feel sometimes if I'm too well adjusted, am I ever going to be funny again? Like.
0: (laughs) I think you will. (laughs) And I mean, you don't lose like all your richness, right? Like, and what I, you know. I think there's uh, always. You tell me though.
2: <laughs> I also think that about losing weight. If I lose weight, if I'm if I'm well adjusted, will I really like be be funny? <laughs>
4: funny? Yeah. Well, it's a good. You
0: know, I think it's a good thought and question. Um, I know. I mean, knowing you, I think that beautiful, like great sense of humor and spirit will, you know, whatever form your life is taking, will shine. I mean.
4: It's, it's, I
0: do. I mean, really, because it is, it is a part of you, but I, I, get that. I mean, I've worked with artists and, you know, certainly a lot of folks in the creative work um, world who are like, my pain is such, you know, it is, there's so much we get from the pain. So if we can transform it into our creative work, what if I am not touching on the pain in the same way? And um, mm-hmm. it will, it could look different. And uh, Yeah.
2: I like that. It's true. Awesome. It, it's so interesting. Like I, I, I think that we. I know personally, I've depended on being broken.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm really curious about that word "broken" too. So I say "broken," yeah. and when I
2: say "broken," I, I just mean like, like we're in the irregular bin, in and the you know
0: that crack. There's cracks, right? I mean, you know, yeah. there's so much beauty. I mean, I'll tell you in my work. I mean, just really quick, like. The cracks, you know, the cracks in our, and we talk about brokenness as a metaphor is where so much beauty, I mean, it feels kind of cliche in some ways, but like, there's so much beauty and depth where we have cracks, where we have, um, pain, not that we would hope for pain for people, but, um, if we can really go into it and heal and do some work around it, um, yeah, Mm. I actually think makes for the most of interesting richness, um,
2: in, in Yeah. So, um, as as women in comedy, most of us are we face the pressure of having to um, exceed expectations of bookers to to keep ourselves safe when we are traveling. You know, just really push, push, push because it's been so hard for women and lgbtq mm-hmm. people to get the visibility that that cisgender men do in the industry and then on top of it let's layer in the fact that a lot of us are our parents you know mm-hmm. whether we're pet parents or parents to children that are more needy that you know you can't just leave at home for a couple of hours right. by themselves you know and, and and I think this stands true for any woman who's an entrepreneur and a parent, Um, any woman who's um, in a professional career and also a parent. What are ways that parents can, gosh, keep a little bit of sanity while trying to juggle everything that they have to do in a day?
0: It's been a really major bind. I mean, honestly, first and foremost, because I do feel like... um so many of the solutions are systems-based. Like it is, mm-hmm. we, the, the expectations are ridiculous um, in terms of doing it all. I mean, there's just not enough hours in the day or time or energy in our bodies. Um, and then the other part you mentioned about the um, experience of women and LGBTQ comedians having to work, you know, extra hard to be um, seen and to be really... Um, supported and and move forward in in that world. Um, It's exhausting. And and again, that's a systems, we need some real systems change. So in the meantime, I mean, as we keep that frame, right? um, You know, I think a lot of, um, like, self acceptance of like, in naming that it's the system that's really broken. I mean, we talk about broken. I think the system is broken.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: People are not broken. I mean, the people have, you know, breaks here and there, but it's really a broken system,
4: right? Uh-huh.
0: So how do we stay sane and together when the system's broken? And I think, again, it comes back to like how um, we can try to love ourselves in the middle of it all. And what I mean by love is like, How do we feed our, what are we feeding our bodies? I mean, what are we ingesting in terms of, um, you know, other, you know, people in our lives? Are they people who give us um, positive, um, positive feedback and and love and support? Are they people that tear us down and really trying to put up some real um, boundaries around, around that? Mm -hmm. Um, Also looking at, And, you know, a lot of us over the pandemic and a lot of clients right now, the spring is coming and we're thinking about, like, what have we been putting in our bodies? And to survive, it's, you know, for me, a good number of junk food and um, nachos and (laughs) late night snacks. Um, But it's like, which is fine. And part of it's like loving yourself for that because that's what we need. And then at some point, what do we need to do to just love ourselves in a different way, which Mm -hmm. may mean getting more sleep, drinking more water. Um, taking more walks, right? <laughs> I mean, we talk about I'm like water. I'm like, are we drinking enough water? Um, it's not, it's not about getting, I mean, never,
2: you know, never drinking enough, enough water.
0: water you
4: know. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I'm no, not.
0: Well, oh, that's not water. <laughs> so, you know, I'm in, so I don't know. I mean, a lot of it is we play, it's not. But it's not one or another. Like, we really need to first and foremost bring full on acceptance and love to ourselves, wherever we're at, whatever we're putting in our bodies or outputting, right?
2: That's such a hard journey, though. Like, that's and right. that's it's a journey, a journey, journey within,
0: within itself, practice. it's a daily practice. I mean, it really is. And, and I do think, you know, so I'm a mindfulness teacher, a, a sort of compassion practice practitioner um and there's a lot out there um to read and sort of you know access for free to practice these gentle practices which just help us change our orientation from how do I meet everyone else's expectation and needs to huh how do I consider even just noticing I have this body (laughs) and I have this heart and this breath Mm -hmm. and I have this life Mm -hmm. and and it too is it's the most important but that's a practice, because then we can go back to our world, which is not feeding us that, right? So yeah, it is not a fast process. But I do, in my experience of like inviting people to change, sort of how they're being in the world as the world changes around them, um, we have to start with acceptance. I mean, so yeah. we won't often skip that. But in my experience, the change that comes from not liking or not accepting is often very harsh and we either don't sustain the change engage it or you know it it just leads us in the wrong direction mm.
4: Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: i don't i i'm curious if this is just me over the last few years but especially this last year i have been faced with my childhood trauma constantly and mm-hmm. i I think I just drank it away before, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. um, but I'm like, I'm tired of growing, like why am I faced with and is that is that distinctly something that's happening collectively? Are we all facing this stuff together, especially right now in this time when we when we're everything's scary,
0: yeah. Politics
2: are scary, you know, the pandemic, like, the racism, transphobia, the everything, it's scary, and it's hurtful.
4: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: We've seen so much more trauma symptom, right? Like, that either re-experiencing even, like, the body, all of a sudden we're having these old feelings, like, that don't, we're like, why, I'm just sitting here, why am I all of a sudden feeling these things that are feeling from the past um, mm-hmm. and here they are. And so part of it is just bringing that awareness and what's so beautiful about what you're, as you're speaking to that, not the pain of it, that must be really hard to hold, but even that you're aware of what the pain is. Cause like a lot of people are like, Ooh, pain, drink, or Ooh, pain, distract or Ooh.
2: I miss <laughs> those days.
0: <laughs> well, I'll people come back, Or they start upping their, I mean, we've had a lot, yeah, a lot more drinking and, there's been a lot more violence in the home during this year because people are really touching on stuff that they may have buried
4: yeah, um,
0: or may just be coming up. They may have healed. And then all of a sudden, Oh, here it is again, because whatever's happening in our world, which is incredibly traumatizing, especially, Mm -hmm. you know, for, um, you know, black individuals lgbtq trans you know trans folks who are experiencing all this um the transphobia and violence and threats and that's trauma so mm-hmm. that in of itself it's not that it necessarily some may not even have to trigger something else it's still trauma traumatic
4: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so
0: again part of it is i will a few things i mean i would say limit our ingest what we ingest like really curate like what we watch and what humans were taking. in I would say humor. I mean, I had to start really limiting like the major news networks and I would only watch like the you know, like Stephen Colbert, you know, people who could offer the news, but bring humor to it because it was the only way my body could handle keeping Mm -hmm. up with the
4: news. So really, I I
2: vacillate between being totally engaged and shutting off. Um, but also part of my job is knowing what's happening and being tuned in, which can be very, it can be a lot. It is a
0: lot. That's a really good point. Again, like I, the work I've done around burnout, I'm thinking of like newscasters. So I've worked Mm with folks in the news who are just like ingesting, ingesting all this stuff all the time and not always aware of how it's impacting their psyches
4: mm-hmm. and,
0: and you're doing that yeah i mean so there needs to be a lot more awareness like really yeah. uplifted around the work of comedians um yeah on so many levels because it's i mean you bring such an important um i think service i mean right we need to our society for,
2: for thousands and thousands of cents thousands of
4: cents.
0: <laughs> thousands of cents we should really be
2: all the pennies <laughs> Oh, oh. well thank you so much for spending um mother's yeah. day with us and oh. uh, for helping us out and yeah. and it was a pleasure to see I you hope again
0: it was helpful more ahead yeah. yeah thank you for being you
2: oh yeah. thank you for being me <laughs> where can people find out about you and learn more about what you do
0: so um, Sorry, I'm, I had my
2: meditation voice on right then.
0: Where can
2: where, so where can? Do you
0: find me? Um, so I'm in a couple a couple of places on the web. Um, my consulting um, business, which is where I do a lot of work with organizations, leaders, um, retreats, and um, we do a lot also with um, conflict where there's high conflict experiences. Um, my, our website is consultingcollaborative.org. Uh, you can find us online at consultingcollaborative.org. And then my private practice where I do offer psychotherapy is um, shorewoodpsychology.com. So you can find me there or on the web, Lisa Baker. You can find me in Madison, Wisconsin.
2: Dr. Lisa Baker, thank you so much. You. And that's all we have time for this week. Thanks for listening to the I Love Funny Women podcast. You can find us on all the social media at I love funny women and find us on our YouTube as well. The podcast was written by me, Dina Nina Martinez, and you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Dina Nina Martinez. Thank you to our glamorous Dorgo Greg, and you can find Greg on Instagram at GG Potter. And thank you to our announcer, Krista Garner. This is an Artemis glow studio production in association with crossover media and AMG. See you on our YouTube or right here next week.